Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mr. A Plus, and I hope you all are doing well. You all know that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of my favorite television series, right? Well, today I will be doing a recap on one episode. The episode I will be reviewing today is season six, episode nine, called The Golden Child. This episode centers on Amy Santiago and her relationship with her brothers and parents. It's things that we haven't been informed of before. In a subplot, Charles Ball assigns Terry Jeffords and Captain Holt to go undercover as criminals to obtain information from a criminal in their holding cell named Alfonso Tucker. The main plot is that Amy and Jake were planning on going to dinner with Amy's mother and one of her brothers named David. One of her brothers we're finally being introduced to named David who's played by brilliantly by Lin-Manuel Miranda who was behind the story and the songs of a Disney animated film Encanto which also starred Rosa Diaz's actress Stephanie Beatriz who was a previous episode guest previous guest on my podcast as well. Anyway, we're once again reminded that that Amy has seven brothers and that she like likes all of them except David because David is the golden child of the family. And Amy was thinking about calling and cancelling because she didn't want she didn't want to bear the thought or the idea of her parent her mother once again fawning over her her golden boy. Rosa then tells her that she's sure that her mother loves them both equally, but Jake then confirmed that she doesn't when she should. And then Amy re- reveals to both Jake and Rosa that Amy's parents arranged the photos of her, David, and their brothers by who makes them the proudest, which is pretty fucked up if you ask me. Number one goes on the mantle above the fireplace. Two, three, and four go on the piano, while five, six, seven, and eight are on the staircase. In fact, David is always on the mantle. Well, Amy's photo collects dust on the piano. But then Rosa tells her that the piano isn't that bad. And personally, I agree with Rosa for a number of reasons. But I'm going to get to that in a moment. Amy then then retorts to Rosa that nobody in her family even plays the piano and that at least people use the stairs. Here is my theory. Out of those three items, staircases are the most common in households. So many houses in the world have staircases, and people use the stairs only because they have to, not because they want to. But also, too, staircases can be a huge hassle, especially for somebody that has Parkinson's disease. And secondly, with a fireplace mantle, who has a fireplace these days? And if you ask me, the only things that should go on a fireplace mantle should be a large family portrait or an oil painting of the matriarch and the patriarch or a collection of family photos with some candles as well. And out, and finally, out of those three items, pianos are the least common in households. Not many houses have a piano because not only are they very expensive, but you have to practice the piano every single day if you're going to have one because if you just have a piano and nobody plays it that makes it a very pointless purchase on the brighter side a piano is not just a musical instrument it's also a piece of furniture and it adds 
class and elegance to a house and a high degree of sophistication. So if your photo's on the piano, you should be proud of that because it's the most special because it's the, le- the least common. And no matter where your photo is, if it's, on, if it's on the piano, the staircase or the mantle, it will always collect dust because if something is out in the open, that's what's going to happen. It, things collect dust when they're exposed in the open air. And anyway, back to the plot. Um, Jake then um, tried to lift up Amy's spirits by reminding her that she's also a great person who's capable of many things. They each just it just suggested that they that they go to the dinner and he'll be her hype man because he's really great at talking her up. When they get to the sta- the steakhouse at six fifteen in the evening, it turns out that. Amy's mother and her brother, David, arrived an hour early, which is kind of strange, but all right. Amy went to the NYPD shooting range and received a gold certifi- certification on, in marksmanship, as told by Jake, only to be upstaged again by David, who, who got the platinum certification, which can only make me ask, is that even a thing? In fact, Jake re- referenced a film called Wanted, David has never seen Wanted, and I haven't seen it either. I can see where Jake is coming from. And then Jake tries to talk Amy up again by revealing that she's the youngest sergeant in the history of the 9-9 of the NYPD. And then he was up then she was upstaged again when when Amy's mother revealed that that David passed his lieutenant's exam, which made Amy even more irritated. But David reveals that the, the lieutenant's exam is something that he wasn't even planning on taking because his partner got got sick and wanted to be able to send extra money home to his wife and kids, his partner's wife and kids. But then he then read the MRI and he was misdiagnosed of some unknown illness or something. It was never revealed. And so the bottom line is that his, his partner is alive and well and that he put got a perfect score on a on a test for no reason and before anything else could happen jake started eating a dinner roll and then and then actually started choking on it this was actually um pre-planned and amy noticed that he was choking and immediately went to to save him from choking but Amy's mother insisted that her brother David do it because he had EMT training. But because Amy was stayed upstage so many times that at the dinner, she retreated to the bathroom. And by the time she exited the bathroom, Jake was, the choking was over and David saved him. And then Jake revealed that there was a standing ovation when he saved him from choking. And he also then revealed that Everybody else in the restaurant saw Amy go to the bathroom and the B word was tossed around a lot. In other words, a lot of people in the restaurant called her a bitch. The only standing ovation that I can remember was when I did the TED talk last year in August. But to be honest, I actually didn't really notice that there was a standing ovation. I was only told that there was something I was surprised about because I'd never expected to receive a standing ovation. Do you kind of feel honored to have received that for the first time? So it does kind of feel 
feel great, in a sense. David Santiago is also a cop like Amy and Jake are, and his captain arrived and asked to have a word with him. And then it turns out that David's, David's police department discovered a large quantity of cocaine in David's desk and placed him under arrest. And then the next day, Amy was full of glee over it because she believed that David's reputation with her parents would be tarnished. Because she was acting more giddy than usual, she even asked Norm Scully if he did any, anything new with, with his hair, which is always standing straight up and flat on top. But then he just simply replied that he did the same thing he always does, put moose in it while it's wet, then watch a scary film. But how is that possible? Seems kind of unlikely, if you ask me. And when Rosa asked Jake why she was acting different than normal, Jake revealed what happened the night before, that her brother got arrested. And Jake was being the straight was being the straight man in a very rare role because he's usually a very goofy fella. But he actually felt for David because he's in a, he was in a lot of trouble because da- Jake actually spent a little bit of time in prison himself because he was falsely accused of, of a crime in, back in the early episodes of season five. And so later on, Amy and Jake go to bail David out and they started a conversation in public, but once they get into the safety of the, of the car, he actually revealed what was going on. David revealed what was going on. He was being set up by by corrupt officers in his force who were being paid off by the Brazilian mob. Because when he got too close to solving a case involving these corrupt officers, they decided to plant cocaine in his desk and make him the scapegoat. And then, so later on that night, they go to a nightclub run by the Brazilian mob. And then Amy starts getting into a competitive, starts getting competitive with David again. Then they start revealing what they're allergic to. Amy's saying that she has more allergies than him, which is not really a brag to be proud of. They're bo- it turns out they're both allergic to chia seeds. But to Amy, she's also allergic to acai berries, which is a superfood and not easy to find either. Well, for me personally, I've actually never been allergic to any foods. So I can't really relate to it, but I do feel for those who are allergic to certain foods. And anyway, the reason why... um. Actually, prior to going to the nightclub, David did a drug test and his blood was was very clean, crystal clear. And that frustrate continued to frustrate Amy because she had seven brothers growing up and she always had to fight fight for a place at the table. But honestly, I would hate to have seven sons, let alone eight children. And the other question is, how can people even possibly afford to have eight children? Because it seems like you have to go through a lot of work just to feed eight mouths.
Jake convinced Amy to to help David with with getting to the bottom of what was going on with his fellow officers. The thing is, Amy was saying to herself that if David gets killed, her, the mantle would become a permanent shrine to him in frustration. At the nightclub, when they're revealing their allergies to, in front of Jake, David then, then retorts that his throat gets scratchy when he eats stone fruit. All I can say is, speak for yourself. I actually enjoy eating stone fruit when it's in season. The stone fruits that I personally prefer are white nectarines and white peaches. White peaches in particular. Amy then brags that she's a better dancer, dancer than, than David. And then she um, starts getting into this, into this silly dance. And then, so, and then so does David. This is actually one of my favorite moments of this episode. Amy getting into this silly dance, trying to prove that she's better than David. And this went on for 20 minutes. And then they started starting putting emphasis on forearms and elbows, which according to Jake, aren't parts that people feature when they dance. And then Amy ended it by attempting to do a death drop, only to fall down and hit her head. <laughs> and then later on, David said to, to Amy that she that he wished she didn't try to do a death drop. The reason why she did is because the ladies on Drag Race make it look so easy. They make it look so easy because they've had tons of practice. Because you can't get it right the first time. Honestly, I have no idea what a death drop is because I've never seen Drag Race. The way that the ladies on Drag Race probably do it is probably not, not that funny. The way Amy did it, it was hilarious. She fell down and hit her head. <laughs> because here's the thing. The woman that plays Amy Santiago, Melissa Fumero, she's even more animated than my mother. And unlike my mother, she makes me laugh. Because, here, because honestly, nobody, no one's mother makes them laugh. But I make her laugh for some reason. And anyway... <clears throat> the way Amy, Melissa p plays Amy, it reminds me so much of a high school student. And she is so easy to wind up. And her and she's and her faces are very expressive, like mum's. Anyway, um I was gushing about Melissa from Mirror for a moment. Because she's so hilarious. I like my mother. So sorry to hear, so sorry to hear, make you hear that, Mum. Anyway, um, <clears throat> after Amy reveals that the ladies on Drag Race make it make death drops look so easy, we're once again reminded that he doesn't get the reference because he doesn't own a television. Which I can only say, fuck me. Who doesn't own a television? Every household has one. They were actually looking, going to a secret room where. A payroll was being kept. Jake and David started looking around for where it could be, maybe in a safe. But it turns out that Amy decided that if she was to um, keep something like that hidden, she would keep it in a filing cabinet, which she then promptly found and declared herself the golden girl. Then two members of the Brazilian mob then started pounding on the door 
demanding to know who was in there. Amy and David managed to get out in time, but Jake was the last to leave and he was caught, but he was also distracted by how handsome one of the Brazilian men were. Because I have to admit that Latino men and Latina women are actually quite attractive people. They're full of life and they enjoy dancing. They they love it. And they live go through life acting like there's like there's no tomorrow. They just live life to the fullest. Which I kinda admire. I've never actually tried Latin dancing, but I kinda would like to. Well, salsa dancing particularly. But I have doubts that I'd be fast enough for it. So when when Jay was being brought out into a van by the two members of the mob, the Brazilian mob, Amy and David were were not not too far away, and they ended their rivalry by letting David shoot out the tires of the van, which made the van crash. But Jake was saved. And then the following night, Amy, David, Jake, and and Amy's mother actually have dinner again, and things seem to have improved, but then Amy's mother reveals that David is her hero, which I find extremely bizarre because who has their son as their hero? It's very it's very strange. When Amy and and David thanked each other for their efforts. They acknowledged what great cops they are and what great siblings they are to each other. And that then Amy said that she's that he's always been like a role model for her. Their mother then interjects by saying that he's everyone's role model and that's why he's on the mantle. And then Amy then goes to the bathroom to relieve herself. Not for the same reason, but because she didn't need, needed to go. And then... After she got out of the bathroom, Jake approached her to check on her to see if she was okay and doing all right. It turns out that she was. Her rivalry made her realize that it doesn't matter if she's on the mantle or not. All that matters to her was that Jake was all right, which is pretty touching if you ask me, because worrying about your spouse is far more important than than a position in your family. Because here's my here's my perception. Once you once you're a parent and a spouse, the only the only opinions that you should really care about is that of your kids and your spouse. Parents don't don't matter as much. Maybe it matters when you're a kid, but when 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 you become an adult, it becomes not as important. But still, parents should not be doing things like arranging photos of their kids by who, by who makes them the proudest because who cares if they if people make them proud my my parents are proud of me and my brother and sister for what we've we've accomplished in our lives and they don't arrange the photos of us by who, by who made them proudest because all three of us have and anyway um <clears throat> Jake then revealed to, to Amy that he actually went on a tirade against her mum while she was in the bathroom should I do a little bit, of, a little impression of how he did it? Okay, this is how Jake said said this to her mother. While she was sitting there, seething in silence, David was sitting there too, but he was visibly amused with Jake with Jake's tirade. 
it went exactly like this. And another thing, you should appreciate Amy more. She is amazing. And another thing, when it when you come over to visit us, you don't have to bring your own coffee. Our coffee is fine. And another thing, I know enough Spanish to understand what idiota means. And another thing, when you say that I have an interesting nose, I know you mean big. Then Jake revealed that he got lost in it. There was like 35 and other things, according to him. But Amy didn't mind because he was defending her honor. That was actually very admirable because she she means the world to, to Jake. Early on in the series, they went from rivals slash partners and then to spouses and then later on to parents. It really goes to show how much relationships can can grow and develop over the course of a series. But for a film, it would be pretty rushed. But in a television show, it's done at a more realistic pace. And it makes you more invested. Now that we've done now that I've done a recap of the main plot of this episode of the episode called The Golden Child, I'm going on to the subplot, which isn't as large. Charles Boyle was talking with Terry Jeffords and Captain Holt about a criminal that was transfer, being transferred into their holding cell in the 9-9. He was a, a criminal named Alfonso Tucker who was dealing with a to- toxic batch of meth and he refused to name his supplier. So, so Charles Boyle decided to send one of them into, into the holding cell undercover as a, as a criminal themselves to get information from Alfonso. Well, Terry suggested that that Charles should do it because he's going on about his acting abilities. He could, but the thing is, Alfonso was already aware that Charles Boyle's a cop, so he can't be Maxwell Blaze, a character that that Charles Boyle created. And then Charles suggested that he that Terry could be right for the role. And then Holt suggested himself because at one time he and his husband Kevin went to a dinner party where they played a French parlor game called charades or charades as everybody else calls it he he acted out Elvis Presley but before we were told about this Terry then says to Holt you hate theater I you always say that acting is just professional lying which sounds kind of a bit of it like an insult if you ask me because I don't because cons- I don't see acting as professional lying it, to me it's an escape from reality it gives people something to laugh about and anyway because Charles wasn't able to decide between Terry and Holt they decided he decided to hold auditions between them that afternoon he wanted to see their takes on Maxwell Blaze they both gave impressive performances on camera, but they both gave him something different to work with and that he had a lot to think about. Then Norm Scully decided to decided to audition as well. And then later on, it turns out he chose Captain Holt for Maxwell Blaze. Much to the shock of Terry. Because then Terry said, Captain Holt, he was the worst one! No offense. But Holt was so unconvincing, he kept referring to his childhood as a soot-covered street urchin. Which does kind of sound a bit funny. And anyway, by the time Alfonso Tucker was transferred into the holding cell, Holt was already there, undercover as a criminal. 
as Maxwell Blaze. Alfonso told him that that he'd rather do the time than be a snitch about revealing a supplier. Then he asked Holt what he was in for. He simply said, I pushed a man just to see him frown. That is like one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in a television series, but also one of the lamest excuses to, to push a person. Anything can make a person frown, not, pu- not just pushing someone. Rosa decided that Holt was terrible as an actor. Then Ter- Terry then tells Boyle, yeah, it almost sounds like casting a robotic old nerd was a, was a huge mistake. But was it a huge mistake? Or was it a stroke of brilliance, according to Charles Boyle? Terry was then assigned by Boyle to go into the holding cell as another, as an undercover, as another criminal by the name of Tyrone McAllister. But before Terry could do anything, Charles kept pull, pulling him in and out, like every every two seconds, to give him notes. And when Terry unintentionally blew his cover. Later on, Boyle applauded Terry and Holt for performing the way they ex- he expected them to, even though they didn't see it his way. His actual star was actually Rosa, because it turns out she's always acting, because she's highly secretive about her personal life, and everyone in the precinct knows nothing about her life outside work. The scenario with Alfonso Tucker and Terry and Holt turned out the way it did is because Charles Ball needed to make a needs to create a scene where it looks like that his mission failed according in Alfonso's eyes. Then he could send in Rosa Diaz as undercover as another criminal who's by goes by the name of DJ Sheets. The reason why he needed to create that scene so that Alfonso would think the mission failed, then Rosa could do the job for for Charles, and the re- there's a reason why he went, why he had, why he didn't tell Holt and Terry the truth, because because they would have given it away with their lack of acting skills, and then he tells tells the men, no offense, but I can read every emotion that you're feeling on your face. Terry gives Boyle a, a face where it looks like he wants to kill him, then he says, can you read this one? And then Charles explains. He could. He was trying. Terry was trying to be tough, but inside he was secretly impressed by what he by what he accomplished that evening. In fact, I was actually impressed too because he used acting as a way to get somebody to open up. It was definitely the whole entire thing was definitely a stroke of brilliance. So I was actually left at a loss for words myself. In fact, this episode has gone on to be one of my favorite episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because of how brilliantly Charles Ball executed his mission to get Alfonso Tucker to open up about his supplier. Melissa Fumero's moments as Amy Santiago being her usual competitive self with her brother, that silly dance that that she did. Basically, the whole thing was just full of laughs. In fact, I'd love to have Melissa Fumero on the podcast at some point. And I know I know exactly what I would do if I was if I was with her. If I was actually um interviewing her. I would play a little game where 
I would be myself and she'd be Amy. And then I would say things to, to wind her up because Amy obsesses over little mistakes. That woman's just full of laughs. <clears throat> anyway, I think that's all the time we have for today's episode. So once again, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. It was a pleasure to do a recap on an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, my first recap episode. And I hope you all have, have a wonderful day and a wonderful week and a lovely weekend. So, I'm, so this is Mr. A Plus signing off for now. Until the next episode. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves and always stay safe. <laughs>